Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2023, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. I almost did another show about clergy response team yesterday, today, (laughs) and it's because yesterday, uh, my article uh, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this was featured on the Tenpenny Report. And that is one of the uh, websites of Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, tireless uh, advocate for patients who has done over 20 years of research into the dangers of vaccines and has terribly paid the price for that, and um, just an incredible person, believer, and advocate, as I said. So I was very honored uh, regarding that. So I almost did a show today because this subject is uh, of the clergy response team is picking up steam. If you haven't read that, please go to www.encouragingangels.org, click on EA blog, and you can click right on the Stan Szymanski writing featured on the Tenpenny Report and find that. In case you hear any extra noise, it's my uh, very svelte uh, running top that I got on here. So sorry about that if that causes anybody any uh, audio consternation. Uh, But today, you know, we have to talk about this. Your government wants war. Your government wants the Antichrist to appear. Now, I'll talk about that maybe a little later, but I want to go to an article that I do have linked on the EA blog, again, www.encouragingangels.org. It was a guest post by former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, Paul Craig Roberts, uh, on the burning platform. And it's just very clear that your government is out of control. They want war and they do not want to protect you. Let's go to this article and read part of it, and we'll use this as fair use. And again, this is up on EA Blog. The Biden, again, this is a guest post by Paul Craig Roberts. The Biden regime refuses to defend U.S. borders, but does not hesitate to rush aircraft carrier task forces and the 101st U.S. Airborne Division to defend Israel's borders. Quote, we have Israel's back, unquote, endlessly endlessly proclaims America Jewish Secretary of State, 
quote, American can afford two wars, unquote, proclaims America's Jewish Secretary of the Treasury. But forget protecting our own border and the burdens on American taxpayers. It seems our government is captured and risks our lives and welfare in the interest of another country. It seems everyone in Washington, Republicans and Democrats, especially Republicans, have intense war fever. While Washington quickly escalates the conflict by deploying U.S. military forces to the area, the Republican senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, blames escalation on Iran and issues a threat. If you escalate this war, we're coming for you, Graham continues with his threats, in our name, to Iran saying the U.S. will, quote, knock Iran out of the oil business, unquote. Like Israel and the Jewish-American neoconservatives, Graham's target is the Lebanese militia Hezbollah. Quote, I am poised to use military force to destroy the source of funding for Hamas and Hezbollah, unquote. Another House Republican, this one from Texas, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Michael McCall says he is writing legislation for authority to commit the U.S. military to Israel's war on Palestine. What are we witnessing? Or excuse me, what we are witnessing is Republicans who are as extreme as Hamas. Is this insanity real or is this showmanship with political campaign funding in mind for the U.S. military security complex who will greatly benefit from America, quote, affording two wars? We are also witnessing the total failure of Western leadership, not only in Washington, but throughout the Western world. Instead of escalating the situation by sending military forces, Washington should have used its offices to calm matters down. Why did not Washington calm the situation down instead of blowing it up? Let me step away for a second here. Doesn't that make sense to you? He, and, you know, let me um, jump to the bottom of the article here. Again, this is Paul Craig Roberts speaking. I have been and continue to be concerned about the conflict in Ukraine spiraling out of control. The situation developing in the Middle East is more dangerous. There doesn't seem to be sufficient recognition of this danger. The war propaganda from the prostitutes is extreme and blinds people to reality. Those in office think they are in control, but they are not. Possibly Russia could prevent a wider conflict by raising its military presence in Syria, but Putin is not proactive. You tell me, 
where are the leaders to prevent a catastrophe? And that was, I'll let you read the whole article. Um, it was a guest post by former and retired, but he still writes, um, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury under Reagan, Paul, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. Uh, on the burning platform. And again, that link is on Encouraging Angels blog, www.encouragingangelsblog, or excuse me, <laughs> www.encouragingangels.org, and then click on the EA blog tab. Uh, you know, again, why is the CEO of a disability ministry talking about, you know, current events and foreign affairs? Because the people who are responsible, you know, for, for, you know, taking care of people whose number one first job is for the defense of the country. That is the, really, that is the number one biggest job of government, is the defense of the country. And as Paul Craig Roberts so adroitly put... Let me go back here. He said, you know, but forget about protecting our own border and the burdens of American taxpayers. But we, you know, we can, you know, according to Janet Yellen, America can afford two wars. You know, Lindsey Graham's going to start, you know, something with Iran. He's posed to use military force to destroy the source of funding for Hamas and Hezbollah. You know, this uh, Michael McCall from Texas says he's writing legislation for authority to commit the U.S. military to Israel's war in Palestine. You know, when I do articles on, on like how badly disabled folks are treated, um... That's not news making. It's not money making. It doesn't put money in the pockets of the politicians. But war? Oh yeah. And you know they might have to crack some eggs. They they might have to incur some casualties in order to ramp up the uh, public's appetite for military spending and actual engagement in war but we have documented here at ea you know on our podcast here you know how food is disappearing from the stores how the aisles are twice as wide this year as last year this year as opposed to last year that means they're trying to cover things up they're trying to make the store look like it's full but it's not it's not I saw an article, actually, I saw a post on LinkedIn, I think it was two days ago, that people are starting to sell iPhones on the Bloomberg terminal. 
I don't know how that works. Uh, I guess somebody figured out that if you can sell securities, you know, and have them posted and have them appear on Bloomberg, you know, on a bloom, that's a professional term terminal for traders. I mean, you can have it at home if you pay enough money, but um, you're probably not going to have a Bloomberg terminal. The things are breaking down. Who? Uh, why do you have to sell a phone <laughs> on a Bloomberg terminal when there's, you know, there's third-party places on the web, you know, to get you a bid on a phone? They were selling some other things, too. I can't remember the crazy things. But, you know, people are trying to raise money. People, I mean, people are losing it because of inflation. And we did a big show, a big show that was well-received yesterday on inflation. Um, go back and listen to that show about all the implications and what you might consider doing. People are being wiped out. People can't buy homes. Interest rates are skyrocketing because the government is not trustworthy with money. It continues to, to spend and spend and print money. It's becoming worthless every day until the point eventually where it becomes worthless. I, I uh, mentioned the story yesterday that Egypt floated yuan-backed bonds that came out with an interest rate lower than if the U.S. had issued it. Do you understand what that means, folks? It means that the U.S. is less creditworthy than China, number one. And it means that, they're, you know, that Wall Street did not get that business, number two. And number three, nobody wants the U.S. money. When nobody wants the money, all, think about this, all of your retirement assets, at least for 99% of the people, I assume, are denominated in U.S. dollars. So when the dollar craps out, you crap out. And again, you know, what can you do? Well, you can consider precious metals and, you know, go to places like stevequail.com and his business, Renaissance Precious Metals, or, you know, go to uh, my friend Bill Holter, who helps people with that and helps people understand that, why they need it. And you need, you need food. What, you need to put money into tangible things that you can touch because, you know, when you're hungry and thirsty, and need shelter, you know what doesn't comfort you a whole lot? Numbers on a page. Because that's what those things are, that whether it's your checking account or 401k or what have you, numbers on a page don't keep you warm and feed you. Food does that. Water does that. You know, shelter does that. A way to heat your place does that. Uh, that's why looking at a story like this, Paul Craig Roberts writing, just just him coming out very clearly and very plainly, saying that your government 
is gung-ho to get us into not one, two, two wars. At a minimum, you're talking about Russia, China, although he didn't mention China in this, but, you know, Taiwan is, is on the docket, you know, folks. And what's going on in Israel? And yet they will not protect the southern border, of which there are five to 10,000, you know, military-age men coming across that border every day. In my humble opinion, there's going to be war on the shores of America, war in the heartland of America, war brought to us by our own, you know, idiots, except they're not idiots. They're doing this with you know, forethought and malevolence, in my humble opinion. If you had a castle with a moat around it, would you just leave the drawbridge done so that anybody can get into your place? No, of course not. That's why you have walls and a moat. And, you know, folks who help you defend that thing. That's what our country's supposed to be. But it's not. Not, not, not. As Paul Craig Roberts so adroitly puts it. They'll go and spend the money and American lives and assets at a drop of a hat across the world. But won't do it you know, for our people. So when you think about anyone who's a caregiver, anyone who's taking care of special needs and disabled folks, whether it's a single family or an institution, if you think that your government is going to, you know, drop and run to help you when things get really, really bad, which which it's coming, You must be out your mind. You are quite mistaken, in my humble opinion. Use this story as a reminder of who you think might be taking care of you. And then observe, again, read that article and and realize what they're actually doing, who they're spending money on, where they're spending their time, where they're spending their resources to protect people. It's not Americans. I mean, I read something else today, and I'm sorry I don't have it right in front of me. I think I picked it up on stevequail.com, but there's another story out there, you know, that, that Hamas and Hezbollah have been basically using the Mexican cartels to, to get their people into America. What do you think's going to happen? Good Lord. And I would be remiss after what we talked about yesterday about inflation and things going sideways sideways to end the crapper, excuse my French, to, uh, you know, all this today to not remind folks about the date of October 19th, which which was the date of the crash in 1987, which I happened to be right there in the business for. At that point, 
you know, at the young point in my career, because I got into the business in 1987, you know, nobody would even talk to you for another year after that. I mean, even talk to you. October 19th. 1987 is the day the stock market went down. Uh, I believe it was 522 points or uh, 22% in a day. You know, if you have, um, I'm going to do me some calculations. I'm doing, I'm just going to say roughly, I know it's over 33,000, I believe. Um, you know what? Let's, let's look at Yahoo Finance. Get some kind of quote here for you folks, you good folks, you good people listening. Okay, the Dow's at 33,520 as we speak. I'm just going to say 30, if it's 33,000. And it goes down 20% in a day like it did then, that would send the Dow to... 26,000 in a day, in one day. That's down 9,000 points, or down, excuse me, down 7,000 points, 7,000 plus points, about 7,500. That would be, that. it would do more than that. In the condition that the, the country is in, in finance and the bond market, although it would rally bonds initially because people will, you would be selling and putting money into what they believe is safe, which is U.S. Treasuries. Um, but the the strain on the entire economy um, of available cash, I don't even know. I mean, how much? But when you start talking about margin calls, uh, when a, when when there's a margin call, the basic tenant you have to understand is that you have to sell three times as many assets to come up with what you need or for every dollar that you have to pay back because you borrowed to invest that's what margin is you have to sell three dollars of assets to get one dollar to pay back and the strains on the system like in 1987 greenspan you know, uh, unleashed all kind of money into, into the economy to keep it from crashing. Today, I have no idea what would happen, but I think it would just be a heck of a lot worse than 1987 was. And 1987 could have taken us out. Uh, 2008 definitely would have take America, taken America out if it wasn't for all the manipulation and money, uh, unbelievable money printing. Um, but that's why the BRICS started in 2009. Um, so they have 15 years of meetings and behind them and they are ready. I want, you know, I mean, a hundred percent ready, but they are ready to take leadership of the world when it comes to money. And when it comes to who ha holds the reserve currencies, the transactional currency and the reserve currency in the world. They are ready to take uh, charge of that. And we're one catastrophe away from that happening, in my humble opinion, which means that, that 
you know, folks who are trusting the U.S. dollar are going to get wiped out. You, you, you need, to, it'd be best to be out of debt. It would be best to have some precious metals. It would be best to have food, water, water filtration, a way to collect and store water, shelter that's paid for, um, energy. And we talked about some actually small solar um, setups uh, last week. And you can look at that. Um, and protection. And I didn't do a show on it. I thought about doing a show on this today, but the story that's in the Wall Street Journal, in fact, let's see if I can find it just to give you the title. Yes. All right. This story has incredible lessons in it. For those paying attention. And the title of this Wall Street Journal article is When Hamas Attacked, This Israeli Kibbutz Fought Back and Won. And the subtitle is A Dozen Volunteers Defended the Families of a Farming Community in Southern Israel from Hamas Fighters Who Came to Take Hostages. Now let's just look at this for a second. Because we, we mentioned protection, and the thing is, I'm, I never talk about firearms or, or, you know, mace or knives or body armor or anything like that. I always mention, when it comes to protection, is being where other people aren't. But I'll say this, when you look at this article, one of the things I see is that even in a farming community, now Israel's nowhere near as big as the U.S., is that they still came for them in the farming community. They still came for them. And, you know, when you read the article, you know, this was a, uh, you know, for the most part, I think they said it was 200 acres. And, um, you know, it still, it had fences, it had gates. But the main thing that it had that saved a community, saved a community. Have you seen the pictures of, like, I saw, you know, like this teenage girl who, you know, uh, who was kidnapped by Hamas. What's going to happen to her? My God. But this this dozen volunteers of, I think, about a thousand people lived in this kibbutz. It's a far, little farming community. But a dozen volunteers defended the families and because they, even though they were civilians, I mean, some of them were idea. In Israel, everybody has to be, you know, a member, right? They have to serve some, somehow in the, um, you know, in the military for Israel. But basically, they were civilians for the most part, but not the entire part. You always need somebody from the military. You got to. um, Because they're the ones who are going to really teach you. Um, But man, they had a plan. And they had a means, if you know what I mean, if you are listening, they had the means 
to defend themselves. And you know, when a coward comes into a place, when you look at these, you know, somebody goes into a mall and starts shooting it up or whatever, you know, when there is a, uh, an armed citizen who starts to deliver a response to the coward, that coward a lot of times takes his own life because he didn't count on someone standing up to him. And a lot of times that's what it takes. But these folks, they had plans and they knew how to operate to effect a defense and to protect women and children. My God. Um, folks, all this is real. And th- in, in my humble opinion, from what I can estimate, and again, I don't have proof for anything, this kind of thing is coming to America. So when we read, again, go back to the article from today that was on the burning platform, guest post by Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, when he, ba- he is basically saying, your government will not protect your country, but they'll get involved in the fights of other countries. Who's running this country? Who has your best interest? Nobody. Nobody but you. And maybe who you live around. Because maybe you can be like this kibbutz. This this small congregation of a thousand people who lived in a farming community to take care of business when it was, everything was on the line. Look up this article. Maybe I'm going to put this up. I don't have it up right now as the time that I'm recording this. I'll put this up. Um, even though you're going to have to have um, a Wall Street Journal subscription, I think they'll offer one for like a buck a week for a year. Um, but also I did find... In the India Times, somebody who wrote about this article. So it was close. It wasn't the same article. And it's, I, I read both of them. And I just liked the Wall Street Journal article because it was very clear. You've got to look at, like, these people, A, they did not live in a city, which is a good thing. Because we talk about protection being where other people aren't. But still, you know, again, Israel's not that big. And Hamas came for them. They planned this. And they knew that they had, because they found some kind of map on these guys or something. Uh, They came for them. So if you think that you're out in, in, you know, the middle of nowhere, you're necessarily not. And it was a surprise attack. I mean, these people had no idea that that thing was coming. But thank God. They also had like, I think, three soldiers from the IDF who happened to be home on leave. Who put forth their efforts to throw in and and defend the community. Again, look at this. It's like. The folks who were just willing, the volunteers, they trained. They knew what they were about. They knew what they were about. Uh, 
I mean, these it's it was really bad stuff, very bad. They had like 17 uh, migrant workers living on that land from I think Indonesia, and they were all killed. The the you know, Hamas had taken them prisoner, and I think they were trying they were going to get them out of there, and I think they killed them instead. So I mean, folks, I mean. It's good to be where other people aren't. And it's also good to have a means of defense. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. You can go to www.encouragingangels.org. Click on EA, excuse me, click on Donate. And you can give online by clicking on the Cornerstone link we have right there with our great payment processor, or you can send something direct via our P.O. box on the same tab. I would be remiss if, it, if, especially in talking about everything we talked about today, if I didn't say you should consider a resource that cost you $100 known as Civil Defense Manual. Civil Defense Manual by Jack Lawson is a conglomeration of writings of Jack, of NC Scout, my man NC Scout, uh, on communications, Matt Bracken, and, you know, um, NC Scout was Army NCO, uh, communications uh, par excellence, my humble opinion. Um, Matt Bracken, Navy SEAL on night fighting, um, Army Intelligence Officer Sam Culper on intelligence and, and area study, and Jack Lawson, who also served, um, you know, writing on neighborhood protection team on how to, you know, when you think consider this story about this kibbutz in Israel, you know, that was their NPT, that was their neighborhood protection team. They had this figured out. Do you have it figured out yet? And again, in our audience, I mean, there's folks who are overwhelmed because they're caregivers. Uh, there are folks who are disabled and unable to do that kind of thing. But there are also folks who are listening, who I hope that this gets through to, makes sense uh, for. Jack put all this together. It's available at, and it is a two-volume set, 950 pages. Um, it's available at civildefensemanual.com. Go check it out there. Jack has a lot of information there. Civildefensemanual.com. It costs $100. In my humble opinion, it's worth it. This is Stan Szymanski. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time.